I bet there's at least one diamond in the rough on your waiver wire before week one even begins. This is the type of player that your entire league might be running to the waiver wires to get next week. So why not just frustrate all your friends and get this guy before he pops off week one? These are the 13 players you need to add now before week one. And now obviously you're not going to add all 13 of them depending on what's available in your league and your specific rules. But to start, let's talk about the Packers tight end Luke Musgrave. He is a streamer. He's worthy of a stream start this week, but also he has top 12 upside for the rest of the year because the rookie Musgrave played 99% of the Packers starter snaps this preseason. And he looked damn good out there. As Jacob Gibbs points out here, look at this. The target shares for every single player with Jordan Love and the starters. The leader here was Luke Musgrave, seeing 24% of the targets from Love. And Dwayne McFarland seconds this because he said on the 37% of Jordan Love's dropbacks in the preseason, Luke Musgrave ran a route on 84% of them, which is tight end one worthy, a top 12 tight end performance. Musgrave only started 14 games in college due to injury, but last year he averaged eight targets per game as a tight end. And he's one of the most athletic tight ends we've ever seen. This is the player profile of workout metrics. The higher these bars are, the better. The closer they are to 100th percentile, the better. Look at this. His speed, his burst, his catch radius. Everything is great. His athleticism score ranks in the top 3% of all time. Now in week one, he'll find himself with a difficult matchup against the Bears. And they have some of the best linebackers in the NFL with newly acquired TJ Edwards from Philadelphia and Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills. But after this game, things will get easier for Musgrave. And honestly, don't be shocked if he performs in this one, given his athletic ability and his connection with Jordan Love in the preseason. And the next man up who is available in over 70% of leagues is the Jaguars wide receiver two, Zay Jones. Ridley is going to be the wide receiver one. And yes, Christian Kirk is there, but what we saw in the preseason from Christian Kirk was not encouraging. And this is what we saw in the preseason. Kirk basically operated as a slot only wide receiver throughout his reps with the starters. He got a couple of snaps on the outside, but mostly a slot only. Only played 68% of the snaps because of this, which is a major drop from his usage last year. And if that preseason usage is sticky into the regular season, well, Zay Jones is going to have his same role as last year. And in that role, Jones set a career high with 121 targets. Basically, all of his production was a career high last year, including a wide receiver 31 finish. Look, Jones is paired up with Trevor Lawrence in a potential top five offense, and his overall athleticism is off the charts. That's why he started to break out two years ago towards the end of the year with the Raiders. So consider adding Zay Jones, who's still just 28 years old, probably has another couple of years of solid fantasy production. So we talked about a tight end streamer. Now, if you need a quarterback streamer and somebody you can keep on your bench throughout the season to see if he breaks out, well, Kenny Pickett of the Steelers is a solid option. Because according to Pro Football Focus, he led every single quarterback in the preseason in overall PFF grades, ahead of Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, some other solid to elite quarterbacks. Pickett completed 87% of his preseason passes. And he reportedly took a big step forward this camp, especially in that 10 to 20 yard range. Because the one thing he did great as a rookie was his deep ball completion percentage of 20 plus yards, but he did struggle between 10 and 20 yards. If that starts to click this year, there's a lot of upside. And Pickett is mobile. He averaged about 20 rushing yards per game last year, three rushing touchdowns. He'll head into this week with a difficult matchup against the 49ers. This game only has a 40 point total, could be potentially two of the, some of the best defenses in the league facing off. So things will open up for him after this week. But if you need a streamer for this week, why not take a shot on an upside quarterback who has mobility and downfield usage? Now, the next player to discuss is the second round rookie for the Denver Broncos, Marvin Mims, who is projected to start week one. He is somehow available in over 90% of fantasy leagues. And this is one of the guys that I feel confident saying by week two, everybody's going to want to add him because Jerry Judy is highly questionable to play week one. And honestly, recent reports from Adam Schefter are that he might miss a few weeks to a month. And this means that behind Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims is the next man up as a starter, because after that, you have Marquez Calloway, you have little Jordan Humphrey, Kendall Hinton, who's like a special teams player, Montreal Jackson, a rookie from last year who never really fired. There's not really much threats here. Now, this second round rookie was the new Denver Broncos head coach's first pick in the NFL draft and even traded up for him, showing that he really, really wanted Mims. And you can see here from Matt Harmon from reception perception, he says that, look, Mims had a 
72% success rate against man coverage, similar to Jordan Addison, which a lot of people are excited about him, and also a 73% contested catch, which is excellent. You can see here, excellent vertical route runner. And this stat is pretty interesting as well. Since 2016, the highest pass rating when targeting the slot from college. Look at all these elite names that came to the NFL. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson. And who's on this list? Marvin Mims as an extremely efficient slot receiver. And now he's paired up with Russell Wilson, who has a great history with slot receivers and Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett in his past. Wilson didn't have a good year last year, but now he has a brand new offensive line and apparently he's down about 15 pounds. Now, another interesting waiver add, and again, this depends on your league size, is Romeo Dobbs from the Green Bay Packers because everything, the steady drumbeat this offseason has been great for Romeo Dobbs. He's available in over 70% of leagues. This is now the second straight training camp in preseason where Dobbs has stood out. Last year, he was a fourth round rookie with Aaron Rodgers. This year with his new quarterback, Jordan Love. So quarterbacks like Dobbs. And as a rookie last year, it wasn't until week three when he got his first main usage, but in that game, he popped off. He was a top 10 wide receiver scoring 21.3 points. And then the following week when he was seeing over 60% of the snaps as a starter for the team, fourth round rookie, remember that, 13.7 points, a top 24 receiver. So it was a great start for the season for him. But then in week nine, he ends up suffering an ankle injury. It was a high ankle sprain and it basically derailed the rest of his season, messed up the games when he came back. It skewed his fantasy points per game overall. Now, as an efficiency receiver in terms of yards per out run, yeah, he's never that great of a receiver. He's kind of a bigger body jump ball player, but he was able to earn targets with the Packers last year. He was 32nd amongst all receivers on his target rate. How many targets he ran per route run? 24% of the time when he ran a route, he was getting targeted. And his usage this preseason was great. In week one of the preseason, he was the only receiver to play all 12 snaps with Jordan Love in the starters. And in this game, he had two catches on two targets and a touchdown. And then in the second preseason game, he once again played 100% of the snaps with Jordan Love, all 17 of them. And he had two catches for 52 yards in this game. Then Romeo Dobbs sat out in the third preseason game due to injury, but it's not thought to be serious. And that's based off the reports that his own head coach, Matt LaFleur, said about Romeo Dobbs. I think this is just more of a precautionary thing because yeah, it's the preseason. Now look, I know he's competing with Christian Watson and the exciting rookies like we talked about, Luke Musgrave and even second round receiver, Jaden Reed. But if Dobbs is indeed a favorite target of Jordan Love, why not just pick him up and see if that happens? If he has 70 plus yards week one, great. If not, if he has a bad game, just drop him. You want these types of players on your bench for week one because if they pop off, you already have them, don't have to get to the waivers. Next man up is another tight end who's worthy of a streamer and just a roster spot all season long. And that's the Dallas tight end, the starter, Jake Ferguson. Now he's available in over 90% of leagues. And the reason is because probably a lot of people, maybe you yourself don't know who he is. Well, in college, Ferguson, you know, just an average athlete, most tight ends are, but right here is college dominator. He earned 28% of his college team, which would be Wisconsin's overall offensive production. That's 86 percentile of all time or top 14% of all time. And now that type of production is in line with guys like Travis Kelsey and was better than Mark Andrews. And now with Dalton Schultz gone, he's now a Texan. Well, Ferguson's going to start week one. And we got to see him with the first team offense in the first preseason game. Ferguson went out there. He played 13 of a possible 17 snaps. So 76% of the snaps. And he earned three targets on just three routes run. He then sat out the next two weeks of the preseason as a key starter, which means he is locked into the tight end one role for Dallas. And that's important because Dalton Schultz in this role, the last two years was the tight end nine and the tight end five. Heck, even the year before that, the tight end 16, which is still worthy of being on a roster because Dak Prescott loves throwing to the tight end. And he trusted Schultz a ton in the red zone. Schultz had 15 red zone targets last year, seventh most amongst tight ends, but this actually led the Dallas Cowboys team. So pick up Ferguson if you need a streamer or just a piece on your bench and Luke Musgrave's already taken. Now this next receiving core is appealing, but there's one guy who stands out the most. And if you're finding this helpful, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can see all my content that comes out to schmack around your buddies this year. And that receiver core would be the New York Giants. Now these starting wide receivers are th these three guys up top, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, and Darius Slayton, at least to start the season off. All of them are kind of appealing depending on how deep your league is, but there's one guy that I want the most to add and is available in almost every league. And that would be Darius Slayton, who was easily the 
best receiver on this team last year. Yes, Isaiah Hodgins flashed at times and had nice touchdown upside, but it was Hodgins who was the most efficient receiver. This dude was really efficient. He was 23rd in the NFL in yards per route run, 2.1 yards per route run. This was better than guys like T. Higgins. And from weeks 5 to 17, Slayton was a top 30 receiver in fantasy. But now he's available in over 90% of leagues. And another thing to point out is he's the highest paid receiver on this team. He got a $6 million contract this offseason, as you can see here. $5 million of that is guaranteed compared to Isaiah Hodgins, who got less than a million guaranteed, and Paris Campbell, who got less than $3 million guaranteed. Now, if you're in a deeper league, well, a guy to keep an eye on and maybe even roster is Michael Wilson, the rookie for the Arizona Cardinals, who's expected to start as their big primary X outside receiver. Look, Wilson is 216 pounds, and everybody else on this team is very small. You have Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's 170 pounds. Rondell Moore is short, and he's 180 pounds. You scroll over even more. Greg Dortch, only 170 pounds. This is a small team that doesn't have big red zone bodies. And Andrew Cooper on Twitter points this out even more by saying that Michael Wilson right now is four inches taller, at least and 30 pounds bigger, at least than all of the other receivers from Rondell Moore to Marquise Hollywood Brown and Greg Dortch that we just showed. And we got to see him in week two of the preseason, where Wilson played 93% of the starter snaps with the Cardinals. And as Dwayne McFarlane points out here, yeah, he is going to be the number two in Arizona. The outlook is he's a sleeper in deeper formats. His utilization chart basically shows that he was out there running around on 89% of the dropbacks, which was the same as Marquise Hollywood Brown, meaning that he is going to start in two wide receiver sets. And we could be even more confident in this because in week three, well, Michael Wilson rested with the Arizona Cardinals starters in the preseason. So yeah, there are QB issues with this team, but he's a starting wide receiver and the only really big red zone body on the team. In a deeper league, for sure, he's worth a roster spot. And now we'll move to Cleveland, where we got to talk about Jerome Ford, who had all the hype in the world before the preseason started during training camp as a sexy option in fantasy drafts, but then he had a hamstring injury and all that hype fell apart. Not only that, but the Browns recently traded for Pierre Strong. He was a running back, a rookie last year from the Patriots that they drafted in the middle rounds. And now people are like, oh, is this guy the new running back? And my take on it is no. This guy just joined the team. He doesn't know the system. Jerome Forbes, still a better player in my opinion than him. And yeah, knows the system. And just a reminder, the Browns drafted Jerome Ford when they had guys like Dearness Johnson and Kareem Hunt already under contract. They didn't need a running back. They liked him that much. And it's hard not to like him. I mean, he has the nice size of like 215 pounds and the elite speed, as you can see right here. And the fellow can produce in basically every single area. You can see his rushing and receiving yards. There were over 1,500 yards his last year of college, and he had 21 catches. Anything above 20 is solid for a running back in college. And one more thing, the Browns' number two running backs average 11.4 points the last three years. Now, this would rank 27th amongst running backs last year, and it's not just Kareem Hunt. It also factors in guys like Dearness Johnson as a starter during that time. Now, Ty Chandler is a running back worth rostering because, look, he just has all the tools to potentially force a split backfield with Alexander Madison. He operated as the clear running back two in the first two preseason games, playing over 80% of the snaps. And then he rested with the starters in the third preseason game, showing how much they value him. And the fella is explosive with elite speed. I mean, his 98th percentile, he ran in the four threes at the combine. And his final year of college, when he actually got to be a starter transferring to UNC, well, he put up between his rushing and receiving yards about 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. And now here's the most important thing in terms of his explosiveness and elusiveness. Look at what Matt Anderson says on Twitter. He stole the preseason show yet again for the second straight year. Last year in the regular season, he got hurt. But through the two preseason games, he played five missed tackles forced, and he had 61 of his 65 rushing yards after contact. Now that's important because Alexander Madison last year was dead last in explosive run rate. No explosiveness compared to Chandler, who clearly has it. And the next man up is another tight end, and it's going to be Chigakonkwu, who's an interesting tight end in nearly all league formats. Now I like some of the other tight ends we talked about more, like a Luke Musgrave and another guy that we'll talk about a little bit later, but Chigakonkwu is still valuable because this guy moves like a wide receiver. He was a fourth round pick last year. He has above average burst and catch radius and elite speed for his size. And believe it or not, in 2022, he led all tight ends in 
yards per out run. He was the most efficient tight end. He had 33% more yards per out run than even Travis Kelsey did. Now Okonkwo was the starter in Tennessee with Austin Hooper gone. And last year when Okonkwo played at least 50% of the snaps, he averaged 13 fantasy points, which should rank third amongst tight ends last year. Now when DeAndre Hopkins signed in free agency, it made Jig Okonkwo not as appealing because this team's not going to throw a lot. Hopkins is there and so is Traylon Burks. But Burks is dealing with injury. He's starting to practice now, but he's still questionable for week one. If Burks misses any time, that's when you want to be firing up and streaming a Chig Okonkwo. And you also want to be firing up this next asset. And that would be the fantasy blueprint that thousands of you already have because you want to do what this question is asking. Yes, you want to win your league, smack around your buddies and take home a fantasy championship. Now, odds are you've already drafted this year. If you haven't, well, the fantasy blueprint will help you with that as well. But also it's going to help you every single week of the year with waiver wire information, with your rankings, as you can see right here on the screen, with rankings for every week of the year, projections and more. And it's real easy to get. You could either scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below and follow the two simple steps. Those two simple steps are right here. And this is the thing. Look, if you don't make your fantasy playoffs using this material for the entire year, which is just $5 for the entire year, I'll just refund that five bucks. If you don't make the playoffs for any reason, no questions asked. So to join the thousands of people already using the blueprint this year to dominate their leagues, well, scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. Now, the next man up is Jawan Johnson. And this is one of those players like a Luke Musgrave or Jawan Johnson that is a priority add at the tight end position if they're in your league. He's a former wide receiver. So naturally he is a stronger pass catcher and more elusive than your average tight end. And last season, he was quietly sixth in expected points added. That's your tight end efficiency in the entire NFL. And he had some nice cheat codes. The cheat codes for a tight end are your deep usage and your red zone targets. He was 15th in deep targets amongst tight ends, 12th in red zone usage. So well above average when you combine these two metrics for his 17 total cheat code targets. And now his quarterback is Derek Carr. And Derek Carr loves his tight ends. Look at this. In 2018, Derek Carr made Jared Cook a top five tight end. And then in four seasons with Darren Waller, Waller was a top 10 tight end all of those years. So consider Juwan Johnson a great ad. The only guy I'd want above him out of the tight ends we talked about in this video is Luke Musgrave. Now for a rookie running back who you need to just be stashing on your bench because at some point this year, he'd become a major factor and that is Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville. Look, the Jaguars took Bigsby with their third pick of the draft in the third round. He's out of Auburn. And over his final two seasons at Auburn, he was productive. When you look at his rushing and receiving yards, he averaged over 1,200 yards in each of these years and 10 touchdowns. But his most most impressive trade is what he did in his final year last year. He earned 15% of Auburn's targets, which is elite at the running back position. It's like top 5% of all time in a given season. Now, all of this is important because it shows that he played in the SEC, so he's kind of battle tested and he was productive there, so he's ready to go. And before the NFL draft in March at the owners meeting, well, coach Doug Peterson stated that he wants to add more running backs. You got to have two to four guys involved. And then a month later, he goes and he gets, you know, Tank Bigsby. Now you might be saying, what's the deal with Etienne? Well, he was kind of a shaky pass catcher last year, somewhat shaky in the red zone. So they they just wanted to get more guys. And they even gave Bigsby legit usage in the preseason with the first team offense in the final game. He had nine of 25 snaps. So he played 36% of the snaps, which is pretty solid for a third round rookie right away. And it means that they're probably going to start to use him right away in the regular season. So Bigsby could be valuable as a standalone piece right away. And if something happens to Etienne, he immediately becomes a top 15 back. Now this next guy might get some eye rolls because it is the least sexy name we've talked about yet. The 30 year old Devante Parker, the New England Patriots wide receiver. But look, here's why he is worth a pickup in really all league form. This offseason, Devontae Parker signed a three-year extension worth $33 million, and it has $14 million, as you can see right here, in guaranteed money. So he's the highest paid receiver on this team. He's one of the highest paid players on this team. Now, yeah, he's going to be featured. Now, last year, Parker dealt with injuries. He ended up having four weeks on the injury report based on an October knee patella sprain, and then he had a concussion, which he missed three games from later in the season. But here's what he did in his nine healthy starts. Parker was second in the NFL in yards per target and fourth in yards per reception, so he had efficient downfield 
usage, and he averaged 13.2 fantasy points over his final seven games, which was top 20 amongst receivers. Again, he's not a sexy option, but don't be shocked if he finishes as a top 30 wide receiver in week one against the Eagles. Now, another wide receiver and player that needs to be rostered in all league formats is Jonathan Mingo, who should have been like a ninth or a 10th round pick in your fantasy draft, but he's available in well more than 50% of fantasy leagues. Mingo is a big and fast wide receiver that was taken in the second round by the Carolina Panthers, and they had a first round grade on him. And right away, week one, he's going to get the start next to the 33-year-old Adam Thielen because it seems like DJ Shark is pretty questionable for week one. Terrace Marshall does not seem like he's going to play. These guys are battling injuries, which means Mingo is going to be a top two receiver for Bryce Young to start the season. And Mingo had success in the preseason. You can see right here from Dwayne McFarlane, Mingo as a second round rookie, who's a very raw rookie, I would say as well. He saw a 20% target share, which is more than respectable. And a big reason why he can kind of just command targets right away. He had like 25% of his targets last year at Ole Miss is because of his size and speed. He's 226 pounds with these type of athleticism metrics. Look at the speed, look at the burst, look at the catch radius, all close to 100 percentile. Now in week one, he's going to face off against the Atlanta Falcons, which isn't the greatest matchup and it's just a 40 point total, but he's a massive red zone weapon and he's somebody who can kind of play bully ball and looks like he's one of Bryce Young's favorite targets right away. So he should be rostered in all league formats at the very least. You don't even have to start him this week, just have him on your roster. Now let's move to our next player who is a quarterback who's probably the best streaming option. Now we talked about Kenny Pickett earlier. He's a solid streaming option, but Sam Howell is an even better option despite having an ugly week one environment. More specifically, that week one environment is having a 39 point total, but the commanders are seven point favorites. So they're expected to score in the mid twenties in points. It's just the Cardinals that are expected to score like no points. And the matchup's actually great because according to pro football focus, the Cardinals project to have the 29th secondary this year. And look at this. This was the unit that allowed the highest success rate to opposing offenses last year. And Sam Howell quietly has the quarterback cheat codes, his mobility. He rushed for 69 yards per game his final year at UNC. And last year in his solo start, 35 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground. Howell also led the preseason in passer rating for qualified quarterbacks. And now he gets Eric Bieniemy, the former offensive coordinator last five years for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's not often you find this type of quarterback who has nice options if McLaurin plays week one, otherwise Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel and the mobility, not often you find them on the waivers. And now would it be a salvatory video if I didn't bring up Jalen Warren? Well, the answer is he's available in 60 plus percent of leagues. This guy needs to be added the number one ad out of everybody we've talked about in this video so far. Because the fella applied serious pressure to Najee Harris's starting role this preseason. He had six rushes for 89 yards, two touchdowns, and averaged nearly 15 yards per carry. Yes, propelled up by a 62-yard rushing touchdown, but every touch was impactful. And his great camp and continued preseason success allowed him to see a lot of usage with the stars. You can see Adam Levitan's tweet right here with 28 snaps with Kenny Pickett. Warren saw 12 of these. That's 43% of the snaps. And right here, he saw all four third down snaps with the starters. Now, Warren was an undrafted free agent last season, but when he actually got opportunities in college, he was solid. In his final year at Oklahoma State, between his rushing and receiving yards, he put up nearly 1,500 total yards, 25 catches, which is very respectable. And this didn't slow down when he entered the NFL. He ranked 11th in yards per touch as a rookie, 40% better than his teammate Najee Harris. And one more thing, Warren led all running backs in true rushing efficiency ahead of Nick Chubb. Now, yeah, this was on a very limited sample of just 77 rushes, but it's still not like five rushes. It's 77, and it just shows you and hints at the upside he has if something happens to Najee. So he's a potential flex option with top 10 upside any week, kind of like guys like Tony Pollard and Austin Eckler were in the past when they were splitting their backfield. So these are 13 players or so that you need to add now in your fantasy league or whichever ones are available. And if you want to see the players that are skyrocketing up my rankings before week one, well, check out this video right here. And if you made it to the end of the video, make sure you hit the subscribe button because it does help me out and grow the channel, but it also allows you to see all the content that comes out so you can keep smacking around your buddies in fantasy each week.